dreamers. This is Janine. And Stephanie. And this is, of course, of course, episode 53. And we have just come back from epic journeys to our families, Canada. I was. Looking for the fish in the ocean. And I was in Cincinnati, Ohio with mine. Where you and your pop saw a video of the humpback whales that were over on my side of the world. Yes, yeah, so that's the weird thing. I'm sitting there in Cincinnati having breakfast with my father. So my father and I were watching local news in Cincinnati, Ohio, just having a breakfast. And they showed a clip of a bunch of kayakers off the coast in Canada watching these whales kind of jump out of the water and go back in. And I couldn't believe it. I thought that's exactly where Stephanie is right now. What a small world. It is a small world. And we can see them off our front deck jumping in and out of the water. It's a beautiful place. It must have made you feel better that the fish were actually in the ocean because in our last podcast, you were very worried about that. Yes, we did go fishing. I did catch a couple of yellow-eyed rockfish, a.k.a. red snapper. But the salmon are still not out, and they still aren't out as of yesterday. So we don't know what's happened to them, but they'll probably just be late. Well, maybe they just found another place to hang out. (laughs) Who knows? Maybe the temperature in the water is different in other places. And they thought, okay, we're just going to take a break from where you are. Correct. Did you actually eat the fish you caught? We did. Good. We grilled it on the barbecue. Excellent. It's the circle of life. It is. I do like fresh fish, though, I will admit. (laughs) Speaking of the circle of life, we had a celebration of life. My uncle had passed, and so we had maybe 40 people over to our place, and there was a lot of prep for that, and you know, tables and chairs, and all his medals from the military, and people telling stories, and... That was beautiful because I got to see some of my cousins who I haven't seen since I was 10 years old and get to know them and find out they do podcasts and on Disneyland, their favorite things. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> and uh, they're very Christian. Kindred spirits. So, uh, yeah, I told them about our podcast and it was wonderful to re-meet them. Reintroduce yourselves to your kin. Yeah. That's awesome. So you had a very relaxing time? It was so green there. I don't know about relaxing, but it was just the environment is just so gorgeous. It it is an element of relaxation. Well, you're pretty far up there in the northern hemisphere, right? So it's just different air. It's different energy. Completely. And I would love to live there someday, but... As Americans, we can't live there year-round. You know, I was in Cincinnati, much smaller town than Los Angeles, but what struck me is they have just as much traffic. They just have, they don't have as many lanes in their highway. Like LA, you might have like eight lanes across, so 16 lanes, right? But in Cincinnati, they have maybe two or three. It doesn't matter. It's completely full with cars. Wow. I couldn't escape it. Traffic is definitely an ongoing theme for me and opportunities of forgiveness. I'm starting to really appreciate it. Not that I enjoy sitting in traffic and sometimes I get really frustrated because I just want to get somewhere and I'm stuck going 15, 20 miles an hour. But I do appreciate that it's forcing me to listen to the course on audio or it gives me an opportunity to catch up on NPR. So I'm trying to find a different way of looking at traffic that Mm. isn't so antagonistic. Right. That's good. doesn't always work though. Well, yesterday I had a day. You know, I came from that green experience. I had already knew coming back to L.A., which I call White City, that uh, it would be 
shocking, although I was prepared mentally. What I wasn't prepared for this last week was the emotional transition of coming from that peaceful environment back to crazy. And part of that's my fault for booking myself out every night this week and not really getting a chance to just, you know, re reorient with myself and reflect, which I did last night, thank goodness. But wow, yesterday just came to a boil. And I had been looking at idols and how those are separations from God. And when I heard the Course say yesterday that the body itself is an idol, it just kind of let me go, oh, okay, you know what? I am going to open up some wine when I get home tonight. And I am going to journal right. And I just wrote for like two hours just pouring out all this stuff. And it just really helped me. And that's what I needed to do to kind of shift back into myself again. It's funny how when we do come back to an environment that is more chaotic than the one we just left, how quickly it is that we entrain to it. So when I was back in Ohio, everything was pretty chill and I actually had no stress or anything. And I came back to LA and go back to the work environment and all of a sudden I'm rushing around trying to make meetings and I have to get this thing done and telling people I can't go to lunch with you because I, I only have an hour and a half to prepare, that kind of stuff. It's sort of like I lost what was important mm-hmm. because when I was in Ohio, I knew what was important. I was experiencing it and it felt good and I came back to the work environment and it so didn't feel good. Yeah, it was like the ego set up the circumstances, which of course I can take responsibility for, but it was it was like I got hooked and I didn't know it, and then I realized it, but I was still at the effect of it and feeling attacked. Even though I'm like waking up at three in the morning and can't go back to sleep and my mind is going, so I just pull out my headphones and start listening to the Power of Decision, Chapter 30, <laughs> um, and having weird dreams of like doors and windows and light and dark. And I thought, you know what? As I was analyzing it last night, I thought, you know what? I'm in the city of angels. There's a song on KCRW that's getting played right now by a band with that title. I've always thought of myself as an angel, especially with that significant special love relationship. I always thought I was his angel and was going to help him awaken. But really, it's just like my own awakening. And I thought, you know, this is white city. It's white light. Like, I don't know. I was having a thing last night where I was in a groove where I was like, okay, I am an angel. But there's also this darkness that, that comes in. And wow, if I could have some power, which is what my next chapter is, I feel, in creating the happy dream. And just knowing that, yes, the ego is constantly going to be attacking. That's just how this world is set up. It's all a false idol. And I can choose again. For me, I think it's just getting to a place where I kind of don't care. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but I definitely am detaching from things that I used to be so attached to especially in a work environment. So I have transitioned to a new position. I've been in the new one for almost two months now. And I can tell that I'm just different. I'm showing up differently. I'm experiencing it differently. I truly appreciate being in kind of like the soup of cooperation with people, new people, new energy Mm -hmm. than I was before. I recognize that the place that I'd come from wasn't anyone's fault but my own. I had created that environment, but I'm now choosing again. 
I'm choosing a different way of experiencing my day. It doesn't mean I don't have moments of stress, but it just feels so much different. Like there's definitely been a shift. The company itself is going through its own little changes, which is fine. I think any organism would do that. But for me, it's kind of like I'm so appreciative of the place I'm in right now. I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm not going to get too attached to whether this is going to go on forever or it's short term or long term. It is what it is on a daily basis. And I do appreciate having that viewpoint. And I credit the course for helping me get there because I was in a place of despair for probably a few years, actually, in my previous position. The person who was I cast as my antagonist actually left the company. And I didn't think that was going to happen, and it feels freeing for me because now I feel like I can recast into a different role. It doesn't have to be an antagonist. It could be a protagonist. I can find other people, other kind of um, manifestations of the Janine experience in a way that I felt like I was locking myself in with these people. Like it was their fault and never was their fault. So now I feel like because this person isn't in my face every day, it's a lot easier to find forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It can be very challenging when you're actually staring at someone who has caused so much pain in your dream and be able to say, you know what? It's okay. I love you. Very challenging. So now that this person has gone away, I think I'm finally able to get to the healing part of it. And being able to release them and thank them very much for playing the role that I cast them in and no longer getting mad at them for just being very, very good at their job. Right. And getting that we created them to remind us who we are. So those few years of intensity, you're still taken care of by the company, you have your job, and now you get to have a different experience because you were able to forgive the curriculum as it was coming at you, as intense as it was. That's beautiful. I just am so glad that I'm not the person I was, I don't know, five years ago before Mm -hmm. the course. Mm -hmm. I think we both have evolved tremendously. And obviously it was us doing it, but it was the course that provided the tool in which we were able to leverage to get here. As Jackie reminds us, it's all done at the level of the mind. I was pretty wound up at our last podcast about work and not being fairly treated. So I contacted Jackie to do a therapy session. And I highly encourage anyone who's going through something to reach out to Jackie or Cindy or any of the other practitioners that are experts at the course so that we can help to undo the mind, you know, the false mind. I really got a lot of value out of that. And so just a reminder, it's Jackie Laura Jones you're referring to as Jackie. Yes. Right? Okay. Thank you. And so when I came back uh, this week, I learned that our movie got, the movie that we're currently on got pushed by six months. So I feel some relief in that I don't have to worry in the next like six to eight months where I'm going. Like I have another year and a half now. So even if I want to stay in my job, which I actually love my job, I just feel like I'm not being fairly treated, you know, whatever. Um... It's all good, and Jackie helped remind me that I have certain interests, probably because the Holy Spirit is working through me to use those interests, whether it's just for me or whether it's for humanity, to you know express them. So 
I'm going to follow my heart and my art and see what happens. Good for you. While I'm still getting paid at my day job. That's the important thing. Yeah. As long as we get a paycheck, at least in this third world dimensional dream that we are in, there's nothing wrong with having other interests other than pursuing a bigger paycheck. We already kind of had that covered right now. When you were talking about the person at work who won't be in your face, I had something happen when I was on vacation with someone in our family. They had said something and I was just furious with them. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to go meditate on this and give this illusion over. But they kept crossing my path and in my face, I just, there was so much anger in me and just so much I want this person to go away. And it was just this internal fight and dialogue and not sleeping well. And again, listening to the course in the middle of the night and reading the text before I go to bed and just trying to jam it in there and know that he's not really doing it to me. It's just me doing it to myself. Like intellectually, I got it all. And I did come to some peace, but I do have to say that being a week out of it, it's certainly easier to release and be at peace when that person isn't in your face. So, hallelujah for that. Like, I can still love myself and love him from afar. Right. And I prefer from afar. (laughs) So, for those of you who do have an antagonist in your life where you are sort of with them every day, let's just say it's a marriage or, you know, some other family relationship or work or whatever, you can still get through it. I think for me, going home at night and being able to, like, find a happy place really did help. But I think if you're with a partner and having that moment of peace might might not be as easy to come by. I think it really does help if you separate yourself for a little bit, take a walk, listen to music, listen to the course on audio. That really did help me. Certainly the Gary Renard Disappearance of the Universe audio definitely helped me when I was going through a really tough period with my boss. Just being able to like take a moment and focus. And th- the challenging thing for me, especially when I was new at this, I'm still new at this, let's be honest, but in the very beginning days of my unfolding of the course, Having something that pulled me out of my current in-my-face situation, regardless of whether it was an audio book or reading the actual text, saved me. It saved me at least moments of clarity. That's what they say, the course saves time. Absolutely. So for those of you who don't have the luxury, I suppose, of being able to distance yourself because you may be dealing with someone kind of with you all the time, you can get through it. But from my experience, it really does help to separate yourself as much as you can, even if it's for like five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever. I'd even go as far as to say, if you're not at peace around that person, considering maybe moving away from the person, like why put ourselves through hell every second with someone in our, under our roof when we can actually split up because we know the ego is just using it as a weapon against us Well, and like create a whole different possibility. I agree. I think if it were that easy, then people would. But having, let's just say in like a love relationship, I've been in a number of them. It's not that easy because you are emotionally entwined. So it's not an easy fix to say, okay, I'm just going to separate myself because there's so much more going on. Right. But I totally get it. I mean, in an ideal world, you don't want to be 
around someone who is causing some pain for you. And it takes a while to understand that that pain is from you, it's not from them. So we've both been in relationships that haven't been fraught with turmoil, certainly. But I know with my conscious uncoupling, there were times, it was, it was challenging because, you know, I really cared about this person and we're good friends and that kind of thing. So it wasn't an easy, okay, I'll see you later because there's still stuff that I truly appreciated and adored about him. It's just, it wasn't the right thing at the right time, but it, it was only recently that I came to terms with the fact that it had nothing to do with him and it was about me and how I was showing up to him. It took a while. So now I don't really feel that kind of issue, not only with him, but with the concept of relationships in general, because I feel like how I show up is how I show up. And I'm the one that's responsible for that. So I can't expect somebody else in a relationship to behave in a certain way or treat me in a certain way because it's got nothing to do with me. It quite literally is none of my business. But to get to that point is quite the journey. And I still feel like being in that space with someone that's constantly triggering us. Like, we don't have to put ourselves through hell. We have a choice. We can choose again. Oh, I agree. And I think if you have the opportunity to be able to choose again and get out of it easily, then sure. Mm -hmm. But let's just say you're in a relationship with a husband or a wife and you have children. It's it's just not that oh, yeah. easy. With right? kids, it complicates things. Well, yeah, I think that with any kind of emotionally entangled relationship, it isn't something that you can just say one day, okay, I'm out. Some people do. I'm not mm -hmm. saying you can't. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, it's not good to be around somebody who simply echoes back to you some negative stuff. But I think you can probably excel a little further in your own personal understanding if you figure out a way within that relationship to be okay. Mm -hmm. To be okay to the point where, as you move forward, maybe naturally you would just separate. Mm -hmm. And the slow burn at work and the slow burn romantic relationship I have a little space like they're both usually in New York and I'm on the west coast so they're not physically in my space every day and it is easier I just could not imagine living in a house with someone who's constantly pinging me there's just it's almost I feel like it was impossible for me over about three or four days as much as I was trying to give it over because they were constantly there and I just wanted to kill them Right. I mean, that's the thing. And I think, you know, because the course, of course, really is about people who are just trying to apply the course in life, like real life. We're not talking about the book stuff. And the thing is, sometimes we do have that reaction where we just want to kill somebody. Not exactly the most spiritual perspective, right? <laughs> but we can't help it. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, oh, my God, if you could just run in front of a truck or something, that would make things so much easier. We're, yeah. We are who we are, right? So it's kind of like just trying to get us to the point where we no longer wish people to die. <laughs> right. And just knowing that the, that's how the ego world is set up. It's just viciousness to suspiciousness to just wrap us up and keep us so mentally occupied in this false world that I think having the space... Because in those other two slow burns I mentioned... I shifted, then they shifted, so the whole relationship shifted. I guess because I haven't really lived with someone, had a boyfriend for so many years, I just couldn't imagine being in one of those kinds of relationships with someone that is just constantly pinging at you. Right. 
So, and I think that's why kind of quasi quote unquote romantic relationships are challenging because it's not just being around somebody 24 seven, you're also emotionally invested. So you care about them on a deeper level, but yet they're still causing you pain or you guys are contributing to each other's pain. It mm-hmm. just, you know, the calculation is a little more complicated. That's all. Yeah. And since life is our curriculum, it's, it's this week being away from the family, I can love that person again because he's not in my face and we don't have to interact. There's not words floating back and forth. In, in my mental mind, I've gone back to that place of love and even he's shifted on the phone with me a little bit. So it's like, I feel like it's healing feel like my mind is healing, but it's just been a bit of a hell week this week. When I've heard stories about Kim Wapnick and how lovely he was and gracious and kind, I think, am I ever going to get to that point? You know, because I'm still, depending on the day, wanting somebody to die, right? <laughs> and I'm sure Ken Wapnick wasn't like, you know, the most graceful person, but yet thinking, oh, I really wish that person would die. So... That's kind of like my goal to get to the point where I can just be loving and, and not be affected. Be like Jesus. That's my idea of enlightenment, mm-hmm. right? But I just feel like I'm so far away from it still. I, I feel like I'm 50-50 right now. 50 dark, 50 light. 50, you're a perfect yin-yang, black and white cookie. Yeah. I mean, duality has been the theme of this week for me. Whether it's a salesperson who occurs like they really hate their job and they're just moving slow, they're grumpy, versus walking into another store where the salesperson is happy, talkative, it's a good experience, and it's just been a constant duality this week. So just kind of watching it and praying for the happy dream and trying to shift my mind for the happy dream and the happy dream is what I want to create. Come on, Maria, send that book out. I want to read it. And uh, Gary Renard's new book. Hopefully that will come out soon. Yes. That would be the fourth one, right? Yes. I'm looking forward to that one very much. Examples of people who have awakened fully. I've always liked having examples. Like Ken Wapning's a great example. Art and Persa. Art and Persa. Well, just others that we are quasi-contemporaries. Uh, Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. Gandhi, mm-hmm. Mother Teresa. Sure. Whether these are enlightened beings or not, there's something about them and how they handle themselves that I really do appreciate. Wow. Wouldn't it be amazing to be like Jesus and just have the world coming from us instead of at us? as Gary talks about in his book, and not getting hooked by every little thing, and just kind of peacefully, like the Mona Lisa, with a slight smile, walk through the dream, and just let it all unfold. No, I agree. I think it's the small things for me. It's the small things that I'm trying to find joy and peace in, Mm -hmm. and being able to remain calm, even though stuff around me isn't. There are not just necessarily people, but just events. Like we're going through the U.S. election cycle and we're hearing a lot of stuff. I read a bunch of different news outlets. It's funny, I read my news much more than I watch my news these Mm, days. Me too. Just because the internet is so prolific. But sometimes I'll read something and I'll get a little juiced about it. It's like, what? And then I have to always remember that what I'm reading is coming from the perspective of one person. I could probably read the same experience from somebody else's perspective, and it would be a different take on that. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's just like, don't get too mired in it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Stay above the fray. The battlefield. <laughs> but a lot of television programs that we find entertaining aren't that way. They're very definitely coming across with their perspective. And they can juice us up. We can buy into it and go, oh my gosh, that's so wrong. Why is this person saying that? And then being able to pull back and go, I don't really care. I mean, I just, I literally don't care. Speaking of television shows, I just started on season two of Mr. Robot. And that show is so brilliant at showing the ego and how the ego manipulates the body in these illusions. He even talks about illusions and dreams. It's just perfect. I love that show. You guys got to check it out. Mr. Robot. It's, it's a little dark, but that's how the world is in the ego mind. And we both saw recently The Big Short, which was this movie also about the ego, but it's like financial stuff because money is such a big, it is one of those, I don't know, it's like catnip to the ego. Yeah, greed. Greed. And certainly the real estate, what was that called? The the real estate plunge or what was happening. The subprime loans, which. Yeah, the subprime loan bubble that occurred in 2005, 2006, 2007. I can't remember when when it was. 2008 is when the crash happened. Eight, right? Yeah. So the subprime bubble that occurred in 2008. That show was really good because it was so blatantly ego-based. I found it very masculine, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but it felt like there was a complete imbalance. It was uh, action, get money, do what you can to take advantage. There wasn't like that counterpart of the feminine Mm-hmm. How, how is this affecting things, that kind of stuff. So I really liked that movie. I thought it did a great job of not only educating people on what really happened during that time period, mm-hmm. but it made you care. And now I learned from John Oliver that the subprime loans is happening in the car industry. So wake up, everyone. <laughs> it's funny, this collective dream that we're all kind of contributing to and why there are these major themes, you know, of... of greed and money and that kind of stuff it's prolific no matter what culture you're in yes i feel like my life unfolding this week has had these resonances or like these synchronicities or these whether it's from a tv ad or a tv show or something i read in the book or something that's actually happening to me it's just floating like one big fantasy I don't know how to magic or something, but it's also being fueled by the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to keep choosing the Holy Spirit. I just ask every day for the Holy Spirit to work through my thoughts, my actions, my words, and be with me as they always are because we've never left heaven and just keep affirming that I'm awakening in heaven. I'm one and I have peace. Yeah, I actually asked for the Holy Spirit to be with me because I was giving a presentation at work. And it was a minor presentation, but I thought, well, it can't hurt, right? I'll just have the Holy Spirit with me. And I just started laughing because what am I doing? Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I had the Holy Spirit with me and it was perfectly fine. And what I was trying to like get across to myself is Holy Spirit's always with you. So it's not necessary to constantly call the Holy Spirit to me. That the Holy Spirit is with me 24-7 anyway. But that was like my own little ego catch. Like, oh no, you have to get the Holy Spirit over here because the Holy Spirit's busy doing other stuff. And now I need them right here with me. I think it is important though to consciously choose and ask because I feel like that's building the bridge back to heaven 
if we're in autopilot or we're not inviting the Holy Spirit into our mind, then we're going to be in the ego mind. So I do think it's important to constantly call upon it. Like remembering the Holy Spirit to is To build with the us. muscle. Yeah. I think building the muscle is a really important concept because when we first got into the course and, you know, it's only been since 2013, that's the reality here. So we're going into 2017 soon, but we're still really new at this. Although I don't think being a course student for 30 years really has that much of a difference. I think if you choose the course and you just keep practicing, it doesn't really matter time-wise. Right. But for us, it's that remembering, oh, right. I need to think in a different way. And I talked earlier about how for me it was just a matter of having that switch flipped in my mind. Because when we first came to the course, we were, did the thing that I think probably all novices do, where they find out that, you know, it's all about forgiveness. We sat down, pulled out a, a, a notepad, and started writing, writing down names of people that we wanted to forgive because we didn't know any different. We just didn't. We had been raised in the society to always talk about, oh, I forgive you as though somehow you're blessing them with mm. your forgiveness. So it's trying to like turn that on its head and say, no, 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 it's, it's not that at all. But for me, it's that constant muscle memory of, okay, it's not them, it's me. I'm going to forgive me for even creating the role in which you're playing right now. Mm-hmm. So that's like been one of the bigger things for me. It's the memory and the practice Every day, every moment of saying, okay, it's not them. For giving the illusion back. Correct. Yeah. They talk a lot about repetition, and I truly believe that. Even though I feel like I'm drilling it in me and it's a crash course. I feel like we've been on a crash course trying to learn as quickly as we can. And still, after we reread you know, the 20th time that the layers of the onion are still coming off, no matter how much intellectually we get it, because it is done at the level of the mind. And it's retraining the mind. Yeah, I think for us, we, because when we finally read Disappearance of the Universe, and that unlocked it for us, I think we've known about this for a while, how everything works. We just needed to have the right thing happen at the right time. And so, because we got it, and we got it so fast in terms of, oh, right, I'm remembering this now, it's just a matter of putting it into practice because, you know, we've had a good number of years where we were doing our own thing and having these uh, knee-jerk reactions to what goes on around us, and now we're trying to train ourselves. It's that training that, just like with everything, whether it's sports or... yes. Like Gary talks about playing the guitar. Correct. It takes time. It just takes time, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, we just got to put the time into it. But I also think that time shouldn't be that which would hold you back. I mean, even if we came to the course at 80, I wouldn't be too worried about that. Right. You know, it's just it finally came to me now. We had said in earlier podcasts, wouldn't it be great if we could have comprehended the course when we were younger? The reality was in this lifetime, it just wasn't meant to be. Totally fine. You know, the script is already written. So now it's just a matter of, okay, we have all the tools in our toolbox. Mm-hmm. Let's just ride this one out. Mm-hmm. Just do what we can to keep remembering it. Because we already understand it, like you said, intellectually. So that battle's done. Right. Now it's just every day kind of going through the motions of understanding and forgiving ourselves. And keep becoming a little more enlightened, one step at a time. <laughs> and... 
lately for me, I've been having a lot of dreams, like literal dreams, that I've been remembering. And, you know, they've been quasi-nonsensical, but I find that to be fascinating because it feels like I'm now going through this spate of dreaming that I didn't have before. Me too. I wonder what's happening. It's like we're constantly dreaming, Mm -hmm. as the Course says. It's like a literal and figurative thing at the same time. It's like in any moment we could fully awaken. It's that moment of separation that's just re-separating and remembering Time is a gift in this lifetime because we are getting to undo the mind. Time is a gift. They even talk about time on Mr. Robot. The villain has this room full of clocks and they refer to him as the master of time. Mm. There's just so many little deep parallels. I almost wonder if the creator of the show, Sam Esamel, I think is his name, has studied the course. Yeah, it could be. I bet there's a lot of people who are producing this kind of stuff that are course students or at least have a understanding of the concept of it not necessarily the course per se but like they get it on a different level mm-hmm. so we had said before that all roads lead to god and whether the course is what you choose to follow or some other path you're all going to get there eventually it's just for us the course is the thing that kind of tipped us over because we've been at the spiritual buffet for many years now and we've gone through many different kind of schools of thought. It's just this is the one that's working for us, period. But others can. Yes. Um, I was thinking about uh, the Abe Hicks material earlier today and how much I really, truly appreciate it. It's Esther Hicks channeling Abe. And we've gone and seen her and her husband, Jerry, and we've certainly looked at all that stuff, and I loved every minute of it, and it's been definitely foundational for me. And then when we found the course, it's like, okay, this makes total sense. So nothing was wrong or bad. It was just how it was for us on our journey, really. The chapter is in this part of our lifetime. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, I'm really thrilled and pleased, and thank goodness that our movie is showing up this way because now we get to have the course in our life where maybe 20 years ago we certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. So things change. I think it's a testament to the fact that as we move forward in time, it does get better. It gets better because we have chosen to have it better. Mm-hmm. If we had chosen, because we're both around people in our families who might not necessarily choose to have this thought process And kind of just appreciate them and love them and hope that they can find whatever works for them. So I would hardly say that we are evangelicals in that way. I think, at least for me, I'm not somebody who is trying to convert people to the course. Mm -hmm. But I think what we can do to show by example us leading our lives, kind of putting the course in practice. I agree. So, we're just going to continue to do that and we'll see how this all turns out, Steph. (laughs) Quite (laughs) Quite a day at a time. All right. Well, I think this concludes our 53rd episode of The Course of Course. So we're looking forward to our 54th. We will be back in a few weeks. Thank you for being on the journey with us. Amen. Bye, dreamers. Bye-bye.